Your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 23rd of August, 2023. Later on Market Day, we'll speak with Josh Gilbert from eToro, who will go through the day's market action, including the latest result from Woolies. But first, we'll start with another food company, and that's Domino's, fully profit at $122 billion, uh, million, $122 million, but that's a decline of 26%. So while sales rose the number of meals sold fell. To go through the details and his economic forecasts, I spoke with Don May, the CEO of Domino's Pizza Enterprises. Don, so Domino's lifted prices of pizzas too hard and as a result sold fewer pizzas in the year. So what lessons did the company learn in the way you reacted to rising input costs? Yeah, we went too hard, too fast, and it was untested. We normally have long data testing models, but with the scale and size of inflation that we took and in the moment, some of these things were untested. And in particular, strains as a classic hate hidden charges and the delivery service fee was a tax as far as they were concerned. And you know, just give me the price. Why why put a surprise? And and so yeah, we put it in because we were the last ones to do one. We're still and now that we've taken it away, we're still the only ones without one. Um, but Australians dislike it and we got it wrong and it hurt our delivery count, but it's now gone. It's been gone for a number of months and now our delivery counts rebound. Uh, what do you think your experience, right, says about the consumer right now, in addition to what you mentioned about them not liking those hidden charges? Because, for example, in the supermarket space, we're hearing how um, consumers are continuing to trade down looking at at value products now. Yeah, so it's really interesting for us. The first thing is, um, I think it's always been the case, but we got another reminder lesson, is it's about fairness, is that, you know, customers are understanding that things do change, that wages go up and costs do go up over time. But how do you do it fairly and how do you pass it through? And and that transparency is just so, so important. And and as I said, we got it wrong in the way that we did it. Um, but if I, if I think about now, one of the most amazing things right now is our fastest growth part of the menu is that premium and traditional pizzas so you would think that it would have been in the past in fact domino's became known for its value range pizzas today value range is becoming one of the smaller parts of our menu so i think it's partly because we're seeing uh, families trade down from cafes and restaurants and they still want a treat an affordable treat domino's our premium range is our affordable treat and we launched a lot last week, 15 um, toppings, our most top pizza in the market. And uh, for, for Domino's, it became overnight the number one selling premium pizza. Um, it's just incredible. So it really shows where the market's at right now. I still want affordable treats. I'm not looking for to compromise too much. What are input costs, namely ingredients and then labour costs? What are they looking like right now? Yeah, so wages are still going up. Clearly, as an Australian company, we took our wage increases on the 1st of July and, and there'll be more to come through with our executives that fly through in September. Um, then if you look around the world, I mean, the increases in Europe are still forecast to be quite material. And some markets in Europe are forecasting a double-digit wage increase uh, to the minimum wage. And um, and even in places like Japan that are 30 years deflationary, the wage increases they're having is, is quite unique and rare, be it more modest to what we're seeing in Europe. It's still material on a relativity to the Japanese market. So that's wages. But that's being now offset by soft commodities coming down. So cheese, for example, is back to pre-COVID prices. Cheese is our largest soft commodity, second to none. Uh, then we've got wheat coming down, our proteins are doing better, and energy and transport's coming down. So when you look at the two piles, we've looked at our prices this year, and we think we're pretty confident we'll be able to hold our pricing this year. Um, you know, inflation continues, well, then, then we'll have to look at that in 25.
Very quickly on the employee side, you did mention that there'll be some job cuts as a result. What more can you tell me about that? How many, for example? Yes, so um, it, we've got two parts of our business right now. Our stores are booming and we're actually hiring thousands of roles because the, we're a very labour-intensive business with drivers. So on one hand, our stores are hiring significant number of roles, but in our support office, offices around our 12 markets, um, we are restructuring the business and that will mean about 20% of the roles in the business will depart the business. Um, either that's happened or it's, it's happening as we speak. Um, so, yeah, that it's unfortunate um, that, you know, as we grew, we duplicated many things in our business. That inefficiency meant that, you know, all inefficiency ultimately gets passed through to the customer. And what we've committed to with the savings that we're bringing through is that one third goes straight back to our franchise partners to make them more competitive and uh, and then to our shareholders um, who had a tough year. So, um, yeah, by and large, Hiring in our stores, significant hiring in our stores, but our, our offices is about 200 roles that will depart around the world. Two final questions. Um, you're not just a food company. I guess you're also a tech company. Um, AI is a, a term that's been used a lot around corporate Australia. What are you doing in that artificial intelligence space, I guess, to make not only the company better, but um, the customer experience better too? Yeah, so some of them will appear in our customer service area where we can get bots to be smarter and answer our customer queries more immediately. Uh, we have our future order screen, which has been rolled out in parts of our business, which is our third generation. And that is actually, when you're in our app, we're probably already making and baking your pizza because the AI has told us you're going to place that order. And that gives us an immense competitive advantage. We're using AI in our scheduling system so that we can do better forecasting models where we bring all of the knowledge and data and we're able to literally like forecast the weather. We can forecast our sales more robustly for our procurement and so on. So that's AI and, and it's it's getting smarter and smarter. Then we're using it in our data for our customers. So, you know, our customers in all of the different many subsets, the AI is teaching us how we should market and you know, we were very much a business that only five years ago would spend most of its money here in Australia on nine, seven, and ten, and then in the letterbox of the Australia Post, and and then with a little bit of News Corp. Today, it's all about the new services, all of the you know the Metas, the Googles, the TikToks, the Line um, in Asia, and so on, and even the aggregator platforms. The fastest growth sales for us right now in Australia, New Zealand, and Germany is aggregator sales, even though we deliver it, and it's getting in there and using AI with our data to to track the customers and win. Final question, and it's something I'm in ending the interview with with all CEOs this reporting season. I'm curious to know what your company's position is on the voice, uh, the Indigenous voice to Parliament. Why? And are you financially backing their campaign one way or another? Uh, so the first thing is we're a pizza company, not a political company, and we uh, we we employ 120,000 people around the world who come from all sorts of diverse cultures and religions and politics. So we're very very clear that we we don't intend to represent um, that scale with one voice. So we we don't invest in uh, political areas. Um, and uh, and yeah, our team members are very clear with us. You're a pizza company. Please don't get political or religious. On May there, the CEO of Domino's Pizza Enterprises. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. Australian share market had a good day today. The 200 up by 0.4%, 7,148. That's as iron ore prices rebounded. For more, I spoke with Josh Gilbert. He is a market analyst at eToro. Uh, so I think we're seeing some buying after what was the worst week last week for for 11 months for the ASX 200. So I think, you know, a few bargain hunters finding some value in, in the market today. I think we, what we've seen 
last week was a bit of a healthy and, and I think personally a bit of an expected pause. We had a had a pretty decent run on the back of what was the first pause from the RBA back in July. We had a, a really good couple of weeks. Um, so I, I think what we're seeing is a bit of a healthy pause. I wouldn't be you know, too upset uh, by what we've seen over the last uh, sort of few weeks. I think we're seeing some buying. We also had a bit of a boost from the material sector today as well. Some strength across iron ore, copper, nickel, uh, and maybe a bit of buying in terms of some of those bigger names, real big market weights such as Rio Tinto and BHP after BHP's um, result was was pretty weak yesterday and, and got sold off. Yeah, like you mentioned, BHP, Rio Tinto, those iron ore miners really doing well today on the back of higher iron ore prices. But how does it all play? Because we know that there's been a lot of negative news coming out of China at the moment and fears that it hasn't really been growing as fast as first thought um, out of that extended pandemic lockdown. Yeah, exactly. So I think there is this continued hope that China sort of will act. Um, and I think that a lot of stocks, we mentioned it there, BHP and Rio Tinto, they're sort of pricing in um, a lot of that risk. But I think the market is still worried about China. And I think the concern is, is that how far are they, you know, how far China willing to sort of let the economy spiral before really stepping in? I think the data we've seen in recent weeks from whether it's loan demand, deflation, export data, it all supports the need for stimulus packages. And I think direct support for sort of the property sector. But, but that is sort of yet to come. We've seen some sort of token rate cuts. But again, I don't think that's enough. And I think the worry is there because... China is the world's second largest economy. It's the world's largest manufacturer, uh, and it's the biggest, um, you know, consumption of of commodities, uh, you know, in the world as well. So it's a really key part, and and it has a huge impact on on Australia as well. So I think investors, you know, are still worried, but the contrarian investor is seeing some opportunities there. I think. Okay, uh, food is in focus today in the uh, profit reporting season. We heard from Domino's earlier in the podcast, but what about Woolworths? I mean, um, there's been reports of um, different profit numbers depending on which way you want to look at it. Um, net profit after tax, 13.7% um, up on the previous year, $1.72 um, billion. Um, what do you make of the numbers and, and why does the market like it? Yeah, so I think it was a decent result, a pretty resilient result. Um, sales were strong. It did miss expectations on, on net income and some of those profit numbers, as you say, Ricardo. But I think some of that market optimism that we're seeing today is coming from the fact that it's better than Coles. Um, it sold off quite heavily yesterday on the back of Coles results. Um, and it had a pretty poor week leading into um, this week as well. So I think it's a case of sort of recovering some of those losses on what was you know, a resilient result, and I think one that was probably better than the market expected, rather than this being you know, a fantastic result uh, here, here, there. Um, I think inflation for the business is still gonna be a big drag on margins. That, as we've seen from both of those names, Coles and Woolworths, is gonna be offset by being passed on to the consumer. Um, I think supermarket sales for, for Woolworths will stay strong, but I think we're going to see weakness in discretionary spending. So in the names such as Big W, um, you know, retail sales are slowing. The economy is slowing and, and it's going to have a big impact on discretionary spending. You know, households are cutting back, but those essentials we need. And that's where Woolworths comes in. OK, uh, a mixed day for tech stocks, the likes of WiseTech down. What can you tell me? Yeah, WiseTech, real drag on the market today, um, particularly the tech sector. Its results sort of missed across the board. Um, FY23 results were, were pretty poor and its forecast underwhelmed as well. 
heading into today, um, the stock was one of the best performing stocks on the ASX 200. It was up more than sort of 70 percent or so. And it was also trading at 90 times forward price to earnings. Um, so a huge valuation. So when you have that, it means that there's no margin forever. And the market expects results to be solid, but it didn't quite sort of deliver that today. Um, I think the real pain that we're seeing today and, and the reason it's being sold off so heavily is coming from its um, fiscal year 24 forecast. A big miss there on revenue and its EBITDA forecast was, was about 13% below market consensus. So that's really why we're seeing it being punished today. There is still signs there uh, for profit growth in the future. But I don't think it's at the level that markets expected. And as I say, when you've got such high expectations, you have to deliver. And, and Wisetech didn't today. OK, so we're halfway through reporting season. We know that inflation is still relatively high. Interest rates will stay high for quite some time still. So where do you see the opportunities for investors? So I think I'm, I'm looking at the US right now. And I think the US sell off that we're seeing is, is quite natural, given the huge rally that we've seen this year. And I think any sort of sell off that we are seeing opens up an opportunity for investors, especially in long duration assets, you know, such as big tech, defensives, I think also crypto as well with its recent sell off. And I think where that comes from is this idea that we're going to see lower rates at some point. I know we, we mentioned there about, you know, rates staying higher for longer. We are going to see economy slow, but we think, you know, especially in the US, it's, it's going to be resilient. Earnings are improving. We've seen that in the US, you know, it going into sort of Q3 and Q4, earnings are going to be picking up. Uh, and we have the view that the Fed um, is going to be cutting rates that is on the horizon and that will help support valuations. So I think that I see that there is a bigger risk of being out of markets than being in markets right now. Josh Gilbert there from eToro. This SBS on the Money stream is provided for informational purposes only. The content in this stream should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and it does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.